Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peek. It's time for two storied holiday foods, fruitcake and eggnog, to make their appearance. Both of these items have a long tradition, which means there's also been a lot of time for tall tales to develop. We're speaking today with Ellen Shoemaker, Director of Extension and Outreach for Safe Plates at NC State University, who is here to help us separate fact from fiction when it comes to fruitcake and eggnog. Welcome, Ellen. Thanks. So let's get the ball rolling with fruitcake. Uh, What is so special about the way fruitcake is made that people joke that it will last literally forever? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the type of fruitcake, and we'll talk about kind of the different options that you might see. But the joke is kind of based in some reality. So with traditional fruitcakes, if you think about, there are a lot of dried nuts, dried fruits, candied fruits. And all of those types of food, those ingredients have something in common that they have a very low water activity. And so that really refers to the amount of moisture that's available in a food product and bacteria and other things that might make us sick. They really require that moisture to survive and thrive. And so when you take that moisture away from them, they're not really able to to grow or do much. And so we think about fruitcake with that lower water activity, you're really going to just kind of have more be limited more by the the quality eventually you know you might eventually see some mold or yeast growth but that's that's about it um so you're if you're keeping your your fruit cake for a long period of time it might be something more just kind of kind of gross if you start to see some mold appear <laughs> um yeah. but but besides that i mean that's kind of what it's based on um there have been you know as as recipes and what people like to cook for the holidays evolve some of the newer types of fruit cake that have actual fresh fruit in them those are going to have more moisture and so you would need to be a little bit more careful about that keep it in the refrigerator eat it within you know a several days rather than however long you want to keep your other fruit months cake. years exactly. forever <laughs> i'm always thinking of the ones that come in those little tins you know that the, uh, there didn't seem to be anything real about right. any of it and right. yet people would eat it and the cake itself was so dense like mm-hmm. is the recipe for that cake also like a lower moisture kind of cake? Uh, yeah, I think so because, you know, and it, again, it depends on the recipe, but all of those ingredients that you're all adding will also kind of add work to to dry out the cake. Okay. That, well, we've just described something that sounds completely not appetizing at all to <laughs> right. me. We're just going to have a dried out <laughs> cake with dry things in it and we're exactly. just, it will last forever and then it will mold. <laughs> awesome. Um, What is the the, the sort of outside time frame for consuming a traditional quote-unquote fruitcake with all of the candied things and dried fruits and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there really isn't much of a shelf life in terms of safety. I mean, you're, go- you're going to see that, um, you know, if, if you have those all those dried things in there, that, I mean, it's going to be pretty much shelf-stable for as long as you want to have it around until you start to see maybe that mold or yeast appear. Um, and at that point, it's probably not going to taste very good. I think and you initially used the word Edible. So I think that's what we want to use <laughs> yeah, the operative phrase here. Yeah. yeah. And safely edible. Right. That we don't we don't want to get sick. Um, but I'd heard, you know, that some people would, quote unquote, preserve the fruitcake by pouring liquor on it. Mm-hmm. Um, rum, maybe, would be the spirit of choice. Does that work? 
So, yeah, so I was I was looking into this because, you know, I, I full disclosure, I am not a fruitcake uh, consumer. Yeah, this is a tall <laughs> this is the tall tale portion right. of the podcast. Right. right. And so um, I think people do that actually in some ways. I, I saw it referred to in one article as feeding the cake. Which oh, God. I thought was an interesting term. OK. Um, but they that it can actually adding the alcohol can actually add a bit of moisture, which I think kind of counteracts what we were just talking about with how it might be just be a drier cake. Right. Um, I think it can can help act to preserve a bit in terms of mold and yeast, but I think that's a little bit more anecdotal. I don't know that there's a lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, also I think it probably just helps impact the flavor a bit, too, to get that kind of nice <laughs> cover little, up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cover up the staleness. Exactly. Or maybe if it's sat there long enough, you don't care if you eat enough of the cake. Right. What it right. tastes like. Okay. Right. Yeah, because that was my question. If if a moisture-less or a less moist environment is the key to it being shelf stable, then adding moisture seems to be counterintuitive, but maybe the alcohol had an effect? A a bit. I mean, I think at at this point, you know, alcohol is probably acting more as a flavor agent, maybe just kind of helping a bit with with moisture. But I I don't I think it all ultimately comes down to that water activity being being pretty low still. Okay. And speaking of liquor, um, Let's move on to eggnog because that's always a good thing. Yes. Um, So I admit I am a novice in the ways of the eggnog. So can we talk a little bit about how eggnog is made? Mm -hmm. What is it? Yeah. So it's, I mean, depending, of course, on the recipe or whether you're buying it at the store or not, but it typically comes down to be a mixture of milk, heavy cream, eggs, sugar, um, nutmeg and, you know, maybe an additional ingredient or two, depending on if you have an old family recipe you're using or depending on on the variation. So that's that's what we're we're looking at with with a traditional eggnog recipe. It's almost like a cake, but without the dry ingredients. Yes, right? okay. that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> you're drinking a cake. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> OK, so it includes raw eggs. Do we cook the egg? Is, is any of this cooked in any way before you serve it to people? Or are you like Rocky Balboa just drinking raw <laughs> eggs yeah. in your milk right. with some sugar? <laughs> so it, it can contain raw eggs. So what if you're buying it at the store, just, you know, already packaged and everything, you just want it to have it ready to go, that's going to be pasteurized. So that's going to be good to go. You're, you're safe to eat, uh, drink it, consume it. Um, and if you're making it at home, you have a few options um, to really reduce the risk because some people do make it with with raw egg. And so what you could do is you could purchase um, the pasteurized eggs at the store if you want to make it and then you would not need to heat it. If you do want to use raw eggs, um, we do recommend he- uh, heating it to 160 degrees because then that will help um, kill the salmonella off that you might um, be introducing through that raw egg product. Okay. And you wouldn't want to heat that all at once to 160? Like, is there a timing kind of interval thing here so that you don't end up with egg chunks? I think in some recipes they call they have you separate out the eggs so that you can um, you mix the egg yolks first with the other ingredients and then add the egg whites and then you're heating it. Um, okay. So I think you'd want to make sure that you're, you know, whisking it and keeping it consistent. So exactly as you said, so you're not getting scrambled, scrambled egg nog. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, again, back to the alcohol. A lot of people drink their eggnog with alcohol added in. Um, 
would that help counteract the salmonella? Is there enough alcohol and rum to kill salmonella? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do have to say that that's pretty anecdotal. The thing, is, especially with eggnog, too, is that with that heavy cream in it, that has a really high fat content. And so fat can actually act in some foods as kind of a protector, protecting agent um, for the salmonella. And so you know, by by adding what you would normally add in terms of alcohol to a to a product, um, that's not going to be enough to really counteract that that level. And so, um, you know, probably best to either just use the pasteurized eggs or go ahead and heat your heat your eggnog base um, and then add that alcohol if you want it. Right. And the cream would need to be pasteurized as well. Right? Yes. But that's standard here. Yes. Unless you're taking it right out of a cow. Yes. <laughs> in your backyard or right. something. Okay. Right. All right. So good to know. Um, and finally, are there any holiday food myths um, that you're aware of that you'd like to either bust or confirm? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this a bit. And mine's a little bit more general, especially now coming off a week after Thanksgiving. I just wanted to talk a little bit about leftovers. OK, um, there's kind of that that I, idea that, you know, you a lot of confusion around how many days you can keep leftovers. And so something that we typically give people guidance on is that if you uh, monitor the temperature of your refrigerator and know that it's below 41, it's 41 degrees or below, um, you can leave, keep your leftovers for up to seven days in your fridge. Because some, sometimes yeah. folks are telling you for, for sh- a shorter amount of time, sometimes you see two days, four days, but uh, we recommend seven days so you can enjoy those those leftovers. After a point, you're not really enjoying them so exactly more. Exactly, but yeah, yeah. And so, does that go for everything, like meat and thing and sides and mm-hmm. all of it? Yeah, together? for those cooked okay. for those cooked products. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that's a that's a nice way to kind of extend the holidays if you if you want and to just kind of take a break from cooking. Yes. <laughs> or you could just be like, I can't deal with any of this and throw it all in the freezer. <laughs> that, that is also that's a good also option. A thing. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here today, Ellen. I have enjoyed talking about fruitcake, which I'm still probably not going to eat. (laughs) And eggnog. (laughs) Same here, but thanks for having me. We've been speaking today with Ellen Shoemaker, Director of Extension and Outreach for Safe Plates at NC State University. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening. (music) 